What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Yes, and I am Nashville's own Benjamin Garst Boland. Garst? Yep. I, I didn't know that about that you. That is my middle name. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a different world out there. Garst. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Is that a family name? Uh, Probably. No, okay. I'm kidding. It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, maybe a better question is, why have I decided to go kind of formal? What happened to the bimbo and we used to yeah. know a lot? Yeah. You do wear that snazzy hat. Yeah. Well. Sometimes if, a tie. Sometimes a tie. That's yeah. right. Scott, I realize that I am growing up. I am a, an aging Driver. Oh, well, what a coincidence. <laughs> is it? Yes, it is. And <laughs> imagine that happening right here on our podcast because get this. I read a report this week that said something about um, how America's population is aging. Obviously, so are its drivers. And, uh, you know, with it comes come some, some really interesting statistics along the way and stuff that uh, I thought maybe, you know, it might not be a long podcast, but it may be something that we want to talk about. Just get some uh, some of these numbers out here. And more than anything, what I'm looking for in this one, I think, is reader response. Yes. Listener response, I mm-hmm. should say, because, um, you know, we get we get feedback on the stuff. And recently we did one about um, driving age. Was it too young? Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of the, the other side of that one. Uh, this is the the elderly drivers, and when when are you too old maybe to drive? And I know that's sensitive for a lot of people. And sure, it's particularly sensitive for me right now. Oh yeah, why is yeah, that? Well, I have aging grandparents. I have uh, mm-hmm. I have three living grandparents still. Uh, one of which is not a factor because uh, she has never driven her entire life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not one, not not one foot, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's you know the the family lives locally, takes her to the grocery store, things like that. However, the parents, grandparents on my father's side, uh, they are in their late 80s. Mm-hmm. My grandfather will be 89, uh, still driving. Wow. Is licensed to drive. It has passed all the tests and everything. Um, I think his license is good until next year, okay. um, next year in March. And at that point, I just don't know if the vision is going to allow him to do it. Right, because uh, macular degeneration specifically is yeah. so common. Mm-hmm. After uh, after a certain age threshold, exactly. My grandmother has that, mm-hmm. and uh, that was the reason that she had to quit driving. And she actually absolutely loved to drive, which is really sad. Yeah, uh, just couldn't pass the test any longer. My grandfather, you know, they're they're both still very mentally 
acute, very, uh, very with it. Yeah. Um, physically, very good shape, both of them. Mm-hmm. Excellent shape, I would say. Uh, but the problem is just the vision is, is gone away. And that's a, that's a critical, critical part of this. And, you know, here are people that have been driving their, their entire license, the, you know, the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they've got just loads of experience, but, you know, and, and the skill to do it, it's just the, the vision is going away. And that's the, that's the issue there. Well, first we should probably say, um, congratulations. I mean, you say they're physically fit. Yes. What you have to be to make it to that age. Mm-hmm. And, what what an amazing thing! Uh, first off, also for your daughter to be able to meet your family, great a lot grandparents. Of people, yeah, a lot of people uh, don't get that chance. I knew, I knew both sets of my great grandparents as well. They lived late into my life. It must be in the genes, yeah, it's man. Southern family started a little early. <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> similar, you know. No, I mean not to not to be you know glib about it or whatever, but I mean it was like you right. know they uh, it really it was like you know. Kids having kids at 18 years old, mm-hmm. 20 years old, you know, that type of thing. And that's just what happened. And, you know, early marriages, early mm-hmm. early birth. I'm the oldest, so that's mm-hmm. the way it worked out. Well, also, you know, different people are having children later, too. Correct. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. There is a demographic shift. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although that was a very funny joke. Definitely. <laughs> um, and let's go, if we could, let's build off some demographic shifts. Yeah. Why is it important to talk about elderly drivers? Well, because here's what's, here's what's going on right now in the United States. Um, we've got the, the baby boomers, right? Yes, sir. And all of baby boomers are, are getting to the age where they're, they're, you know, in the retirement age, kind of, you know, in that, that ballpark. Now, I know that keeps getting stretched out, but yeah. um, there's a recent study out, and this is from, uh, let's see, who, who brought this out? Is this the uh, National Highway it, one? Uh, yeah, that's right. It comes from the National Transportation Safety Board, so the NTSB. Okay. Okay. And they say that, uh, let's see, I'm going to quote here from the, the article, one in five licensed drivers will be 65 or older by 2025, and that number will nearly double to 57 million in 2030. That's according, that's according to the Government mm-hmm. Accountability Office. So they, they know the, the age of the average or the, the age of the drivers right now and what will happen. Right. And what's that projected on? That's projected on the census. Uh, that's projected on a couple of other uh, very well researched statistics. I mean, I guess what we should emphasize here is that this is not a shot from the hip wild guess. Mm-mm, no, no, this is uh, it's very accurate numbers, and they know that this is going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Just not that far down the road. I mean, we're talking about how far is that away? Twenty twenty five. That's uh, fifteen fifteen years away from now, right? Of, Fif- of years, yeah. fifteen years. That's not that's not that long. And I know I've seen news stories about them talking about um, increasing font size on signs. Yes, uh, they're talking about making signs bolder, more mm-hmm. you know, easier to read, more reflective, uh, more print on the road. You know how they have mm-hmm. signs on the road that indicate you know which which direction goes where, brighter stoplights, things like that. You know, they, right. they've talked about a lot of different things to um, make it a little bit easier for elderly drivers or aging drivers at this point. I wouldn't say elderly, but aging. Aging. Well, aging is a fair fair way to say that. Right. And you already mentioned one of the big ones here that it's 20 percent, uh, projected to be 20 percent of our driving population will be aging or elderly drivers. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a trend that we see accelerating in some other developed countries uh, where there's especially a grain cycle, mm-hmm. I guess you would call it, uh, in a lot of places in Japan or Western Europe, the population itself is trending toward an older population. That's right. And and these older dri- older people mm-hmm. that have been driving their whole life, they're, they're simply just hanging on to the driver's licenses longer. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where in the past maybe you know there was a certain point where they just didn't need to anymore. You know, yeah. They, they uh, you know, here you're talking about like small town USA a long time ago when um, you know a lot of things were accessible via foot. You know, you, right. could, you could walk down to the corner store and pick up whatever you need. Mm-hmm. You would use the truck, you know, to head down to uh, you know out to the farm to pick up whatever you needed to or. Um, it, Get a ride to the train station yeah, to, to visit go, the city. Go to the market and get the fresh fruit and vegetables and things like that. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, now we're talking about a, a, a culture society where we, we have to have our cars. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it really – the cities just aren't set up the same way that they used to be. Yeah. And that everybody does – we've talked about that many times, I know, that, you know, you, you just can't do it. It's just not possible, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's difficult anyways. And the vast majority of aging people in the United States do not have access to mass transit. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, think about it. Mm-hmm. And uh also, let's see. I got I've got a pretty cool statistic here. Um you want to play with some numbers? I do. Great. Because otherwise I was going to have to wing it. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Okay, so <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. Uh okay, so the Federal Highway Administration ha- has published this pretty neat thing with the average annual miles per driver by age group, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so um People in our age group, uh, you and I, on average, drive somewhere between a little under 18,000 and a little under 19,000 uh, miles per year, being males, uh, 20 to 54. And uh, once you get to the age range of 64 to 65 plus, mm-hmm. uh, the average male drives only 10,300 miles. Wow. And – you can see the shift uh, it begins sooner and is even more precipitous in female drivers. Uh, a 35 to 54-year-old woman in the United States is driving an average of 11,400-something miles a year. A 55 to 64-year-old average woman uh, is driving only 7,700 miles. And then by the time it's over 65, the average female citizen is driving 4,700 miles. Hmm. And here's the weird thing. People have found that um, men in this country, on average, uh, drive about six years after – keep their license, I think is the way they phrase it. Yeah. Six years after they can safely drive. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. Women uh, will – because of the differences in aging here, you know, women tend to have a longer lifespan in the Mm -hmm. U.S., uh, that number extends to – 10 years after it's safe to drive. Really? But also they, they point out that um, there is a higher tendency for aging female drivers to give up license a license earlier than a male driver. To give it up voluntarily. Yeah. I see. Okay. Now, that's what my grandmother did. She gave up hers voluntarily. Mm-hmm. My grandfather, he's still getting tested. You know, they have to uh, they have to go through the, the – I guess it's a two-year test at that point. Right. At a, yeah. at a certain age. Um, so he knows that, you know, in, in March he's due to go back and I – I don't think it looks good that he's going to pass it, but um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping for his sake he will. He can still do it. I mean, he knows that you know he shouldn't be on the road at night. He isn't on the road at night. Um, he knows his limits, and yeah. uh, he's he's being safe about it. He stays local where he knows you know he knows the streets. He doesn't have to rely on reading the street signs to know where he's going because he's not going that far. 
Sure. Um, he's just making a run around the, the small town that he lives in, in Indiana. No, no great road trips. Right? No, nothing like that. I mean, there may be a, an occasion where he has to go to a distant city or something, but that's sure. a, you know. That's a daytime a, drive. Yeah, exactly. Daytime drive, and they make sure that the weather's going to be good and, you know, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. There's a lot of different concerns that they've got about driving that, you know, they didn't have 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, very, very big weather concerns. Um, you know, always watching the weather and making sure that they're not going to be on the road mm-hmm. after even dusk. Um, so just, you know, general, I guess, uh, precautionary type driving. Let's, you know what, let's talk about these precautions because I was surprised how closely this parallels some of the earlier findings. Mm -hmm. Wait, I was going to say findings, but then I was going to say found. I can't say the findings we found. The foundings. The foundings we finded. (laughs) They, uh, anyway, uh, we looked into some stuff by some experts in our, podcast on the driving the beginning driving age Mm -hmm. and so what we found here what i found is and i hope you found as well scott uh was that the similarities between dry older drivers and younger drivers are um remarkable and some of them are chilling Mm -hmm. you know there is a higher tendency toward accidents yeah uh there is a higher well, not, I'm sure they're not the same in DUI convictions, but they are, they, there is a, a definite, um, risk of having a crash at an intersection, mm-hmm. um, for drivers over 80, uh, 58% of crashes are in intersections. I really? Think. Whoa, yeah. that's a high percent. That's, uh, boy, I wonder what that has to do with, uh, I mean, there's a lot going on in an intersection. You got to read right. the traffic. You got to be mm-hmm. able to see, a, I'd say a good distance. I mean, maybe it's just somebody pulling in front of another car that they didn't see coming. Yeah, and it, it might it. it might not even be. Let's keep in mind from the way that statistic is written, it may not even be the aging driver's fault. Mm-hmm. It may be something where if their reaction time was a little bit faster, they could have avoided ah. and being involved in an accident. Mm-hmm. But maybe they were just rear-ended or something. Could yeah. be. Yeah. And um, oh yeah, could be. So one the one thing that I really want to harp on here. Now we're talking about. Um, we're talking about your grandparents who do not live in Iowa. No. I'm pretty good, huh? Yeah, pretty good. I only had a, <laughs> I only had an amazing <laughs> odd of getting that right. Yeah. Um, okay. So in Iowa, there's some great examples of, uh, taking the graduated license and permit programs that we apply or we see applied to teenagers. And if you have any questions about those, please check out our earlier podcast. Will do. <laughs> and, oh, you're uh, talking to me? Well, that's my, that's oh, my, gotcha. uh, no. that's like at the end of the car commercial, the guy <laughs> yeah. who talks to really me. Oh, quickly. it's your disclaimer. That's my disclaimer voice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So Scott, if you are over the age of 70 in Iowa, you can only receive a two year license. And that's if everything goes well. Uh, every time you get a license renewal, you have to take a vision test. That's part of it. Because as we've implied earlier, um, vision, is the primary danger for a lot of aging drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a progressive uh, degenerative disease, you know, if you have Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, you could still get a license, uh, but you may get a shorter term license. I see. Come back for renewal sooner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here, here's where it gets a little bit um, uncomfortable for some people. If someone in your town, you live in any town, Iowa, right? Hypothetically. Mm-hmm. So if someone in your town, uh, a authority like a doctor, a police officer, or even just a member of your family uh, files a request with the transportation department, they can, and if the department agrees, they can demand that you retake the test hmm. at any time. 
Wow. Okay. So even before your two years are up. And then if you pass the test, they can still impose certain restrictions. This is where it's graduated, right? Like, you know, if you're, if you get your license when you're, your permit when you're 15 in some states, you can't drive between certain hours. You can only have certain people in the car, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. Very limited license. Yes. Uh, it, the exact same thing, different, different restrictions, but the same concept occurs in elderly licensees in mm -hmm. Iowa mm -hmm. because you can, for instance, not be allowed to uh, drive when you have head when it requires headlights for the weather mm -hmm. or the time of day. Uh, you can also be restricted to um, certain speed limit or the I think yeah even the uh, radius. Wow, this is all new to me. I I hadn't heard how restrictive that was in Iowa. Um, well, but I wonder if other you know states mm -hmm. are following suit. I would think so because I know that Indiana, where my grandparents are are licensed. Um, that's a two-year renewal, mm -hmm. at least at least at his age. I don't know if there's a um, you know a different set of parameters for younger drivers. I would mm -hmm. think I don't know. Two years seems about right. Yeah, but for also, everybody. Also, this yeah, two years seems right. I think two years is a good solid number. But when it comes to restrictions and the testing, you know, I I agree with people who believe there's no silver bullet for it mm -hmm. because when you are at that stage in life. You are reaping the benefits, whatever those benefits may be, of the way you took care of yourself earlier in life. Yeah. So I think it's completely possible for someone to be lucid and physically fit and maybe have vision that's good enough for them to drive. What about varying skill levels, too? I mean, that's I mean, that, that, that's all there, too. I mean, uh, Mario Andretti, he's getting older. How, who's going who's to be the one to tell Mario Andretti that he can't renew his license? Not you know? me. No, not me either. But, you know, somebody else who maybe wasn't such a good driver throughout their life and, you mm. know, maybe maybe they're ready to pack it up when they're 60, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, some people right now, I'd swear, you know, 30, they're ready to pack it up. Well, yeah, they they just moved to New York. <laughs> I've totaled, you know, not me, but uh, you hear somebody say, I've totaled six cars in my driving career. You're like, well, you're 35. <laughs> How's that happen? I mean, how are, how are you still making it? You know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, someone like that trying to drive when they're 70, 75, 80, that kind of scares me a little bit. It can be, it can be scary stuff. Yeah. There, there's a little hope at the end of the, uh, at the end of the day though. What's that? I don't know if you're familiar with studies that say, uh, different kinds of cognitive exercise can, you know, prevent the, or slow the onset of certain types of dementia. Yeah. You know, it, your brain's another muscle, right? Sure. The it's a truism, but only because it's true. And so do those puzzles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, All I, the brain I, games, those type of things. Personal disclosure: yeah. not a fan of Sudoku. No, uh, it's just not my bag. But I understand it has some benefits. <laughs> um, there have been some studies done. Uh, one particularly by Adrian Owen at the University of Cambridge. Um, where he took 11,000 people and he said that I'm going to, I'm going to give these people some different brain, brain teasing games and we'll see if they improve their thinking skills. Yeah. He kind of did, but not outside of the game. So they got a lot of people that were, you know, really good at, I don't know, virtual crosswords, mm -hmm. but did that knowledge carry over to other parts of their lives, specifically for the purpose of this podcast, being able to drive without crashing. That seems almost impossible to determine. It 
does, but there is a, um, what you call it, there, there's a current debate because other studies have contradicted this and found that it depends on the type of brain teasing game they play. Hmm. Like, for instance, um, let's see, we're going back in the numbers here. Uh, this different study found that, uh, they gave, uh, population three, exposed them to three different things. One was exposed to something about, uh, to get you to practice reaction speed and reasoning skills. Another to improve your memory. The third group being the control had nothing at all. These folks, <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Yeah. So the folks, <laughs> that's sorry. not very nice. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they had no tra- training. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. Um, so the ones that have that say reaction speed and reasoning skills, they showed reduced accidents of 50%. And these people were tracked for six years after the reduced test. by fifty percent. Fifty percent. That's pretty impressive. I, I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty. Yeah, yeah. that speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who had no training had eighteen percent of them had at least one crash. The people who had memory course training, sixteen uh, percent of them hmm. had at least one crash. So it seems like there's some evidence that says we can. Uh, prepare when, you know, when we get to a certain point in physical age, there are mental exercises that we can do. Um, in addition to physical exercises, because I know everybody who listens to our show is taking care of themselves, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. just throw in a couple of, uh, couple of extra special tests and it might be worth your time. Well, there are video games and all kinds of things that are, uh, for this type of thing to, to, uh, prevent, you know, kind of, uh, Getting the cobwebs to grow in the in the skull there because um, I know that they're they're I, I I don't know the names of them Brain Academy things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife plays some of these games and um, it, she's much quicker thinker than I am. She's <laughs> a little well, she is. I mean, just a little faster on her feet, you know. And that's got to be I'm more a little more deliberate about what I say, you know, careful about it. But she's she's quick and and you know, usually as she'll tell me she's uh, she's usually right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't expect all that, did you? That's so, an see, endorsement. But what I'm friend. saying is, like, uh, you know, the earlier you start on that type of stuff, the uh, the more fit supposedly your brain will be. So, uh, you know, it, it mm-hmm. pays to do it early. Sure. It really does. It really works. Think of it like an investment uh, with no overhead, other than time. <laughs> Lots of time. Oh, I should have done that voice again. Other than time. Yeah, that's good. No, you're it right. was all right. I'm, right. I'm getting a start on it. Um, so, well, you know, well, one thing I got to I got to say this because I, I am uh, yeah. I, I don't know if there's really a solution to this because it's all in the way. I mean, everybody's got their own opinion about how long they can they can continue to drive. And, of course, right. people will want to hang on to that because it's a major, mm-hmm. major freedom. Yes. Uh, once you give that up, there's a you know, the, there's consequences of that. Yeah. Um, big consequences. Um so, I mean, I, I don't know a solution. I'm asking, is there one? Is there, is there a, a fair way to do this? And that, you know, cause everybody's different. I mean, mm-hmm. the testing thing, that's one thing we talked about and just everybody's individual abilities. I think that's about the only way to do this. If, if, uh, you know, some listeners out there have got any other ideas, mm-hmm. uh, that they'd like to, uh, to pose to us and we can, you know, mention these, those on air, um, and just send them in because, you know, we'd be interested to hear them and maybe read them on our program. And just to show you guys how much we enjoy reading listener mail. Have we got some? We've got some. Would you like to check it out? I would love to. All right, Ben, here we got one from uh, Gerardo. And Gerardo is from uh, the Internet. Oh, hello. Didn't tell us where, so the Internet. Okay. 
Here we go. Hi, guys. I just got done listening to the latest podcast, uh, which now won't be latest, but we're reading it anyways. <laughs> um, turns out that uh, Ford did win in the uh, in Le Mans, like we said. Well, of course we won. Um, <laughs> they said for, about the Ferrari, the closest place was an eighth place finish behind Ford in the uh, in the GT40. Wow, okay? wow, yeah, wow. I know. I know. I thought it was a little sooner than that. All right, so he found this when he was uh, he was digging a little bit deeper into this. He said he wanted to look up the history of what's really going on there. So um, I'm going to read this, and I'm not 100% sure of the validity of, of some of this. I have not heard this before. I hadn't either until this point. So uh, otherwise, we would have brought this up during the podcast. But um, he said the negotiation – this is a quote, by the way, from wherever he grabbed this. Um, it's an excerpt from somewhere. Uh, the negotiations started and, uh, and this way back in 1963 – uh, we know that Ford never bought Ferrari, but do you know why? It says, I guess Henry Ford got a little greedy and monopolistic. He told Enzo Ferrari, who is to remain the sole operator of his Ferrari motorsports division, that he wouldn't be allowed to race in, Indianapolis, in the Indianapolis 500 if Henry Ford buys the company. Oh. So okay. uh, Enzo got apparently really furious at this point and said, uh, no way, Ford. We're not going to do it. So um, – I don't know. It says it wasn't Enzo's fault, but uh, Ford. It says Ford bit off more than allowed. This whole, the, I, the, I'm confused about this because yeah. I thought this was you know just the the uh, I'll show you from Ford move. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't realize that there was this whole Indy 500 tie-in with with Enzo and wanting to be there. You know, I feel like this just goes back to confirm my earlier suspicions. Mm-hmm. about dealing with very influential, very important people, mm-hmm. I will just always assume they're vengeful and touchy. <laughs> I won't ever say that. They'll blow these, you know, $100 million deals over uh, over pride. Just very nice, very polite. Let us not forget the Henry Ford that uh, Gerardo and you and I are talking about mm-hmm. is the son of the guy who ripped a car apart with his bare hands. Correct. So we're just going to leave it at that. Correct. Yeah, that's right. And uh, no, seriously, this is uh, this is... New to me. I just hadn't heard this this angle with Enzo and uh, the Indy 500 thing. So, and yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely dig into it a little bit more. But we get notes like this all the time, and it mm-hmm. kind of raises my eyebrows. And I think, wait, what's this angle? Here, so, so, so we have to get out of here, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, thanks, Gerardo, for writing in. By the yes, way, yes, yes. Thank you it. so much for writing in, especially with something we had not heard before. Yeah, I always like that. We're gonna dig around. We're gonna see what we can find out. Um, in the meantime, guys, please don't forget our question for this podcast is, do you think there is a solution to the elderly uh, driving conundrum? Yeah, it is a conundrum. There's a situation that's this about to situation. happen in about 15 years, mm-hmm. and uh, that's going to happen sooner than most people think. I mean, it's, it's coming. It's, it's, like a, it's like a finger snap right there. Yeah, it is. Uh, so do we have enough time to try to uh, lessen the coming impact of the uh, baby boomers entering the aging driving status. Uh, you can tell us about this on Facebook, Car Stuff, predictably enough. You can tell us on Twitter, uh, Car Stuff uh, HSW. Correct. Uh, our blog on how stuff works. Our iPhone app as well, which you have probably heard about. It's free, and we're all over it. We're all in the business there. And uh, you can cut out the middleman if you'd like and send us an email directly. Directly? Directly. That's all right. I'll take it from there. It goes, uh, let's see, it's carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. 
The How Stuff Works iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 